I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. Near the end of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, an old colleague of Indy's who's been half mad and speaking gibberish suddenly turns lucid and philosophical. So much of human life, he says, is waiting. Truer words were never spoken. Sitting through Steven Spielberg's slog down memory lane means waiting for surprise, waiting for delight, waiting for daylight after turgid trudges through Peruvian caves. Most of all, it means waiting in vain for the sort of dazzle, dash, and clarity that made us love the series in the first place. It's been 27 years since the first installment and 19 years since the last one. Harrison Ford, still snapping Indy's whip at the age of 65, is no longer a whippersnapper. But he's not the problem. Both the actor and the character draw on deep reserves of goodwill. When Indy makes his entrance, actually he's preceded by a witty shot of his fedora, it's great to see him looking like a grizzled desert rat with a glowering smirk and then a smirky glower. It's also touching to see him coping as well as he does, very well indeed, with the knockdown, drag-out challenges of being an action hero at an advanced age. No, the problem is all around him, and it's movie fatigue, which can be just as damaging as metal fatigue. A couple of early set pieces work up spasms of excitement at the expense of plausibility, an atom bomb test that trivializes the force of nuclear weapons for the sake of lame comedy, a chase that skids to an awkward finish in a university library. But then the movie settles into a wearisome succession of episodes having to do with the search for the skull of the title, plus extrasensory perception, extraterrestrials, and ever so fleetingly flying saucers. All of it amounts to a been-there-done-that-better recapitulation of Spielberg's career. One unwelcome surprise is the level of craftsmanship, widely variable cinematography, continuity glitches, characterizations ranging from perfunctory to nil. Another is the level of performances. Kate Blanchett is only a decorative presence as a villainous Soviet agent. The action is set in the 1950s. It's good to see Karen Allen back as Indy's old flame, Marion Ravenwood. Would have been better if she'd had something livelier to do than drive an amphibious truck on an endless chase through trackless jungles. Shia LaBeouf is a talented young actor, but he isn't funny here. And there's not much excitement between him and Harrison Ford as they play out a relationship that's the movie's worst-kept secret. The least surprising aspect of the lumbering production is its abuse of computer-generated images, all those clattering digital ants and groaning stones. I was also struck by the movie's disrespect for the physical world. Sure, computers can do anything these days, but do we want them to? There's no logic and therefore less drama in Indy's escape from a mock town that's about to be atom-bombed or in that amphibious truck finally going over a series of stupendous waterfalls. In fact, none of the CGI sequences can hold a candle to the moment when a much younger Indy, confronted by a black-robed warrior chuckling ominously, watched and waited while the guy twirled his scimitar and pulled out his revolver and casually popped him. But that was a long time ago, in a film that feels far, far away. I'm Joe Morgenstern, The Wall Street Journal's film critic. I'll be back on KCRW next week with a review of Sex and the City.